Welcome to Comic Cons, a geek podcast for the rest of us. Who are the rest of us? My name is Nick Stevens, and it's just me. Uh, just here to talk to you about some things. Coming down the pike, some new trailers, some Comic Cons. I haven't been to a Comic Con in a very long time. It's been quite a number of years. I guess I could count the Richmond Comic Con, which was about two years ago. Before that would probably be the Shock Pop Con, which is more like a, a horror fantasy con, you know, um, down in Florida. And before that, I think it might have even been Dragon Con in Atlanta in like 2011 or something like that. So sporadically, you know, I don't make it to a whole lot of cons. But when I do, I try to like just peruse around some books, you know, I'm not really a collector anymore. So a lot of the time it's just for the, the sheer enjoyment of just people watching and just kind of seeing what's coming out. Maybe just walking around with a friend or two. Uh, maybe buying some cool shirts. You know, a lot of times you can get shirts that you wouldn't normally find uh, anywhere else at a Comic-Con because they're there. They're privately made um, by, you know, a small vendor that does custom screen printing. So that's always kind of cool. But, you know, that doesn't mean I don't pay attention to Comic-Cons. And so I do see a lot of the stuff come out over the interwebs and over the weekend. You know, the New York Comic Con just happened uh, recently. A lot of trailers dropped, you know, a lot of trailers. Don't worry, we're going to sink our teeth into some Last Jedi and we're going to sink our teeth into a Blade Runner 2049. But before we dive into that, it's just some quick stuff I got to talk about, okay? And first and foremost, Teen Titans. Saw it, CW, uh, Nirvana Song, um, Nightwing. Uh, what looks like Red Arrow, Beast Boy, I'm in. I didn't see any Starfire, at least to my recollection, which is kind of disappointing. Um, but more importantly, I saw Nightwing. You know, So the fact that we even live in a time or a day and age where Nightwing's even going to be on TV, that's pretty fucking cool. And for the, the layman kids at home that don't know who Nightwing is, uh, that's Dick Grayson. He used to be at a Robin, and he put the Robin suit away and walked away. And then now he's the Nightwing. So he was a first edition Robin for all of you kids that don't know. A lot of you people listening to the show do know that. But I'm just saying the show is Comic-Cons. It's not for the freaks and geeks all the time. A geek podcast for the rest of us. So in that same vein, sometimes you got to explain who these characters are, you know? Uh, that being said, I don't even know who the fucking Red Arrow chick is. She's from the show Arrow. I know that. Um, I'm pretty sure she's the protege. But I know for a fact it also wasn't Skipper. What the fuck is his name from the comics? Green Arrow's protege started with an S. Definitely not Skipper. Email us at comicconspodcast at gmail.com. It's going to come to me as soon as I'm done with the show. What's cool about the trailer is that it seems to closely resemble an actual early uh, Marv Wolfman, George Perez, Teen Titans in the sense that you got Beast Boy and you got, uh, you know, Dick Grayson Robin. Um, so that's a start. You know, no Cyborg because we're going to see him in the new Justice League movie. Uh, and I didn't see any Starfire, like I said, but I saw what looks like Raven, and she was also in the original, um, well, I should say the new Teen Titans lineup, which is the most classic rendered storytelling from my recollection, uh, with Marf Wolfman and George Perez doing the artwork. So, kind of stoked on that. Uh, now the Nirvana song playing in the background, the Nirvana cover with the, with the Evanescence chick singing, I really, I don't really know if that's her, but it just kind of sounded like her. Uh, why? Why you gotta do it? There's no reason for it. I guess they're trying to bank on this uh, this, this new cultivated uh, um, resurgence of the 90s uh, grunge music, you know? Let's take a pause there, too, and just not say grunge for the rest of our lives, okay? Uh, 90s rock music, right? So it's back. The 90s are back, fashion-wise. 
even though it seems more like a weird hybrid between 80s and 90s. Uh, but here we are, and, and we're in the, the center of it. And yeah, you know, it's not like that kind of thing pisses me off, but it just seems kind of unnecessary, you know what I'm saying? I think everybody's starting to do that. I noticed the Defenders had did the same thing with a, with a weird rendition of Come As You Are, you know? I think it was more like a remix version. You know, like when you're, you'd get in a car accident, you know what I'm saying? Like a fender bender, and the CD would skip, you know? And somebody would be like, what is this, the remix? And you'd be like, suck a dick. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe you don't know what I mean. But either way, I digress. It looks good, man. It looks like clean, wholesome fun. And that's what we need on CW. And for anybody that doesn't watch a lot of CW shows, I'm here to tell you, man, The Flash, it's fucking good, okay? Now, Arrow, I didn't quite finish. But from what I saw, I kind of liked. And uh, I think it was almost... The thing with Arrow is that it almost seems too grounded for it to be... It's like it's trying to take itself too seriously for a show that's on CW. Whereas The Flash is upbeat, it's lighthearted. There's emotional moments, but those moments, those emotional moments actually have weight to them because you spend so much time caring about the characters. Um, and there is enough lighthearted uh, moments and moments of levity to kind of counteract those emotional moments so it doesn't always quite feel like... Um, a dirge song, you know, it, never, it quite, it actually never feels like a, a funeral parlor at all. Um, whereas I, I feel like moments in Arrow almost feel a little bit too much like these are the sands, like sands in the hourglass, such as the days of, I don't even know how it goes, but you get the idea. Flash is definitely a soap opera too, but it knows it's a soap opera. You know what I mean? Maybe Arrow does too, and I'm just being unfair. Then we get into like DC Legends of Tomorrow, and that's just a fun show all around. I mean, it's like time traveling superheroes and physically enhanced or people that have uh weapons to make them enhanced you know like heat wave and the atom uh you know dr ray palmer and then that fake ass bitch from from razal ghoul's club but she doesn't even seem to really exist in the comics and my point being is that these shows exist because they're lighthearted and they're supposed to be more approachable for you know kids and teens and even the adults you know what i mean so it's just a wider demographic and Teen Titans is going to fit right in. And it looks like fun. And I'm in, you know. I'm also really stoked that we're getting some kind of form of young justice again. Because anybody that knows me and anybody that listens to this show knows that I fucking love some young justice. Two seasons. Canceled abruptly. Uh, it's on Netflix or it was. You can watch both seasons. That's probably the best animated DC show property, I would say, out there. It's just so good. It focuses on a group of young Justice League heroes that are essentially just not allowed to join the league because they're too young and they're seen as inexperienced. But Batman decides to give them a little bit of leeway and say, hey, we're going to use you guys as a covert club to get in where we can't be seen, where we can't be accessible as, as, as the Justice League because everybody knows who we are. You know, everybody knows Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman, but they might not necessarily know Robin, you know, Beast Boy and, you know, Kid Flash, you know. That whole premise alone was cool. And they were like hiding out in a cave and they discovered this uh, this clone of Superman, they set him free, you know, and then half the time they're running away from Cadmus, which is the lab where the clone of Superman was created. And then there's these aliens that get in the know-how and they can read minds and it's fucking nuts. And then Blue Beetle's there and it's like a new Blue Beetle. And it's like the alien technology and then that's more fleshed out and that's so cool. And there's all kinds of cameos, by the way, all kinds of obscure B-level heroes and B-level villains. And, you know, the Legion of Doom is there, but even though it's not called Legion of Doom, it's just really fucking cool. And if you want to nerd out and see some cool animation, check it out. I believe it's still on Netflix. But watching the Teen Titans trailer kind of reminded me of Young Justice because we were actually seeing something live action kind of giving a callback to that show. But yeah, 
we're not going to get a live action Young Justice anytime soon, but this might be the closest thing we get to it. So definitely excited about that. Now let's talk about Marvel campiness, okay? Marvel came up with a trailer for The Runaways. I think it's going to be on Hulu. Don't have Hulu. Need to get Hulu, because now all these great shows are coming out on Hulu now. Um, I'm pretty sure cable television itself is just going to go away, and we're just going to have like five main streaming services, and uh, everyone's just going to have everybody pay separately for those streaming services, and everybody's cable bill is going to go from being like, you know, $200 a month to, you know, $3,000 a month in a hand job. You know, whoever the hand job will be from, we don't know. You know, it could be from your cable provider, or it could just be from a random sailor who decided he was just tired of not getting down at the docks and he wanted to come for, come back for some retribution. But I digress. Uh, while the Runaways trailer is based off Brian K. Vaughn's book uh, about a group of teenagers who find out that their parents are supervillains and they run away and things happen. <laughs> I never finished reading the story. My sister was huge into it and uh, she tried to get me into it. But they released them in these like tiny little like Archie, Archie's Digest sized books and I just couldn't get past that. It just felt weird. It almost felt like I was crossing into the manga territory um but i should finish reading because it's brian k vaughn i think he started him and i'm pretty sure not positive but i'm pretty sure joss whedon even wrote some of them as well and so that's kind of a must but from what i understand it was a really cool book and great concept and they discover their powers i think one of them kind of turns rogue against them and goes back with the villains but the show i don't know man the show while i'm okay with camp and i'm okay with soap opera i mean i fucking love the flash and that's the soap opera as it gets it almost seems like it's too Gossip Girl. Like that's what it's kind of going for. Like I didn't. I saw. I saw some superhero stuff going on. And I saw some metahuman shit and powers and glowing eyes and shit. And I think I might have even seen the tall. I think I might have even seen a miniature dinosaur. And for the fans of the comic, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, check it out. It's on YouTube. Check out the trailer and email us. Let me know. Let me know what you think palm trees and like pop music and it was just kind of like I don't know and everybody looked so attractive you know uh, which I guess is TV everybody is supposed to look attractive everybody's supposed to look hot but you need at least one guy that you can kind of relate to who's kind of a nerd in the series you know who maybe is, isn't as hot as the rest of them you know I'm trying to think of who that would be in any show that I'm into the only thing I could think of is you know the dad from Alf no maybe not I guess Saved by the Bell had Screech but what are you going to do? I just hope it's not like Gossip Girl. It could be Buffy-esque. I mean, God forbid it's even remotely original. Just completely different from anything else. I like how I want it to be like other shows, but I want it to be original at the same time. By the way, if you try to watch Buffy again now, so dated. So dated. All right. Uh, Gambit News. Gore Verbinski who uh, directed a little movie called The Ring, the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, and one of my personal favorites, Rango. Uh, he's rumored to be the director of the new Gambit movie. Look, um, I don't even know if I care about a Gambit movie. I don't really care. But uh, I could learn to love it, because I love the director. And say what you will about the Pirates movies. I mean, those first two are pretty good. Uh, I mean, they, they were what they were. I think all of them are good in their own way. You know, they're just popcorn-eating, blockbuster nonsense, you know, to bring the whole family to. I mean, let's face it. We need to talk about something for a second. I think a lot of people get bent out of shape with movies nowadays and what they're supposed to be and what they're not supposed to be, you know what I mean? Especially when it comes to something like 
you know, the Indiana Jones remake, you know, not remake, but the Indiana Jones sequel, you know? Everybody says, oh, the Crystal Skull, it fucking sucked. And yeah, I mean, in comparison to Raiders, it fucking blew. In comparison to Last Crusade, of course it fucking sucked. You know, those movies are classics. They're from our youth, you know, kids of the 80s, maybe early 90s. I might remember growing up on them. Uh, You know, I think I even remember seeing Last Crusade in theaters, and I think that's why it's my favorite Indiana Jones movie. But I remember renting The Crystal Skull in my mid-20s when it came out on DVD. And I remember liking it and having a good time. And I didn't give a fuck about nuking the fridge. You know what I mean? And by the way, uh, for a little history lesson on the nuking the fridge, um, please listen to my other podcast, the Weekly Neighborhood Podcast. And I'll give you a little detailed story on where the phrase nuking the fridge really came from. Anyway, I didn't care about that because guess what? It's fucking Indiana Jones. And I'm pretty sure I saw him run away from a fucking boulder, narrowly escape death time and time again with booby traps galore. You know, he's fought Nazis on planes. He's fallen off a tank while it went over a cliff. You know, he's, he's dodged gunfire. He's dodged explosions. He's fucking Indiana Jones. I don't care if he climbed inside an ironclad fridge from the 1950s in one of those weird nuclear testing sites with the fake nuclear family homes. Uh, a la Edward Scissorhands and like the pink houses and the fucking Avon lady calling and all of a sudden got blasted into the fucking sky and crawled out of it and shook some dust off and went on his way. No matter, I don't even care if he's really technically supposed to be in his late 50s even though he was like closer to 70 when he played the role. Because it's, it's suspension of disbelief. You know what I mean? That takes me all the way back to my original point about the Pirates movies just being fun movies for people to watch. And I never thought I'd even get to a point in my life where I had to defend these movies because they made plenty of money. I don't need to defend shit. Podcast only has about almost 3,000 downloads. I'm not rolling in the dough, and I'm not Johnny Depp. But people just need to calm down for a second. What do they really expect, you know? Pacific Rim Uprising. That trailer dropped over the weekend at the Comic-Con. And I saw it. I'm kind of, you know, I mean, I might see it. I really like the first one. But I also really liked fucking Guillermo del Toro. And I really love the, 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 the design of the monsters. And I just like fucking watching robots and monsters fight. I know when I go in there, it's going to be fucking stupid. I want to watch a stupid movie sometimes. A lot of times, actually. I want to turn my brain off and watch something dumb. Get home from work after working all day. Sitting on the train, listening to people yap about their bitcoins. You know what I'm saying? And the foosball. And how much their lives suck when really their lives don't suck. You know, there was a guy on the train today that was like, <laughs> I guess he saw a bunch of us standing like in the, the one of the vestibules or train cars, whatever the fuck you call it. And like, we're all getting waiting to get off. You know, our station's approaching, the train's slowing down. Everybody's just tired. You know, it's the middle of the week. Everybody's ready for the week to be over. And they're just kind of waiting for the weekend. Everybody's working towards that weekend. And I guess he sees our faces and he's like, well, look at all these smiling faces sarcasm because everybody probably looked blown I know I probably had a blown face on because I'm just tired I'm ready to get home to my little baby boy my beautiful wife nobody says shit but in my mind I wanted to be like go fuck yourself <laughs> no reason he was probably a nice guy you know but then we get to the top of the steps you know because we're on the platform now walking up to our parking lot uh, where we park our cars in the morning you know and we are like filing out like ants in the colony and this guy's climbing the steps on the top of the steps. He goes, all right, last one at the top has to buy the beers, right? <laughs> oh, come on, guys. Oh, tough crowd. 
he wasn't with anybody. There was nobody else laughing. Like, nobody was having this guy. It was like an overcast day. It's 5 o'clock, you know. A lot of the guys walking with me are probably, you know, been up as long as me. So it's probably been a good 12-hour day, you know what I'm saying? You know, now maybe this guy just had a really good day, or maybe he's just like that every day. And God bless him. I mean, fantastic, you know. You should bring out the levity and bring out the sparkle in people if you can, you know. I mean, I'm obviously talking about it now, so it made a difference. But at the same time, I was like, dude, we're all fucking tired, okay? We're so fucking tired. So shut the fuck up. Happy. Happy is a little comic book, uh, a little story, uh, one shot written by Grant Morrison. I can't remember who did the art, but it's a uh, a retired uh, detective. Actually, I don't even know if he's retired. I think in the book he was fired somehow or disgraced somehow. Something happened. But he's a former detective, former cop. Now he's like a hitman, you know, but he's like an alcoholic. He's got gambling problems. And he almost fucking, he dies, essentially. He does die, or he flatlines anyway, after a a hit goes wrong. He's in the ambulance, and he's visited by this vision of a tiny little blue unicorn, uh, who turns out to be the imaginary friend of a missing girl, a a little girl who's been kidnapped. And he, little blue unicorn, uh, named Happy, uh, gets... uh, our hero, or our soon-to-be hero, uh, to become a hero and uh, essentially rescue the girl. All the while, uh, you know, drinking and still being kind of kind of scummy and sleazy and just washed up uh, through their trials and tribulations together, they, you know, rescue the girl. Spoiler alert. Um, now, it's a one-shot from my recollection, so I don't know how they're going to turn this into a series, but the trailer, but the trailer that came out looks pretty fucking sick. You know, we got Christopher Molina, who you might recognize from fucking Law and Order SVU, uh, and uh, several, several David Wayne things, like the uh, Wet Hot American Summer movies. He's just fucking hilarious, but great fucking actor, great character actor. I think he was in the New Sin City, too. Uh, he looks fantastic in the role. He looks just like the guy ripped out of the pages. And he got Patton Oswalt doing the voice of Happy. So that's take my money, take my money. And by take my money, I mean literally take my money, because I'm pretty sure i got to call my cable subscriber and ask him to add that channel, because I don't have the sci-fi. Because sci-fi doesn't usually have that much good shit. Unless you want to watch all the original sci-fi shows out there that are trying to recreate Firefly every goddamn year. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of... I'm, 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 I'm into this. I'd, I'd pay money to see this. All these shows I'm talking about, by the way, they look like... So far, we don't really have a rating system for shows, but they're definitely like... Catch it on cable. You know what I'm saying? Like, I might have to actually tune in the day, the day these shows come out. I don't know if I can wait for these shows to come out on DVD. I mean, it's the same reason why I'm paying for for Star Trek, you know what I mean? On CBS, on the all-access app, like a schmuck. Because I can't help it, you know? We could go the route of the fire stick, but there's been some technical difficulties with that. And I'm kind of dancing around a flame that might be snuffed out before it's eventually, you know, fanned into a larger explosion. Right out of my asshole. I don't know how they're going to turn that into an actual series. It seems like Happy might be better adapted into a movie... But what am I, you know? I mean, what am I, Harvey Weinstein? Topical. Topical. So all of that shit looks pretty good. So Teen Titans, catch it on cable. Runaways, I'm not really sure. Might have to catch a, catch a word of mouth on that one. Happy, catch it on cable as soon as that motherfucker drops. And Pacific Rim Uprising, I'm probably going to have to catch it on cable too, even before I've fucking seen the goddamn thing. But speaking of Del Toro, uh, yeah, he's not doing the sequel, but he's also he's also done a little movie called The Shape of Water. And that thing looks fucking amazing. 
Any guy who can take a movie about a merman or a mer creature or any creature from the water uh, that essentially befriends a young woman in a you know fairy tale like storytelling way uh, and actually make it look cool and interesting and borderline scary, uh, I mean that's that's an interesting feat. I mean think about Pan's Labyrinth. Hmm. Yeah. He's a fucking genius. And speaking of geniuses, let's get into The Last Jedi trailer, okay? These guys know what they're doing, you know? Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm, they know what they're doing. They got all the right pieces. And uh, the new director, Ryan Johnson, I think he knows exactly what he's doing. Uh, he's making a movie that might closely resemble Empire Strikes Back in the same way that J.J. Abrams did a little, a little bit of a New Hope homage. Um... I'm excited about this movie. I'm not like I'm not as excited as I might have been for the first one, um, but I'm in it. And the trailer looks pretty fucking dope. We get to see a little bit more Luke Skywalker, so that's really cool with his metal hand. You get to see a little bit more of Snoke with his fucking aged out face. You know, I mean, Jesus Christ, uh, get that guy some you know HPV cream. I realize that doesn't even make sense, but let's go with it. You know, we got to see a little bit more of uh, Daisy Ridley's character, you know, so that's 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 fantastic. Uh, John Boega for a little bit, you know, he's fighting Phasma, you know, there's a lot of explosions. We even see Carrie Fisher, God rest her soul, and it looks like there's a scene between her and uh, Kylo Ren, and he's hesitating to blast her away. I mean, it looks like there could be some emotional stakes going on here. We see some Chewbacca and some adorable new CGI creature, which, hey, I'm not hating because it looks pretty fucking legit. Everything looks like it's on a bigger scale. It looks like, but like I said, it looks like there's a little bit of a shout out to, to the planet Hoth from Empire Strikes Back. A similar kind of uh, attack. There's fucking ATATs or ADATs, whatever the fuck you call them. Uh, don't take it seriously. Uh, you know, it looks pretty fucking dope. But like I said, I might not be as peaked as I was for the first one, but I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be there opening day. Might not call it a work, but I'm gonna be there opening day. It looks like it's gonna be movie theater good. At best. Or maybe at worst, actually. Like, worst case scenario. Even if it fucking sucks, it's still going to be worth seeing in the movie theater. So yeah, that's exciting. Blade Runner 2049. Now this, my friends. I will spare you the suspense. I will spare you any fucking drama. And I will tell you right now. This movie is movie theater good. Denis Villeneuve. And I believe I'm pronouncing that right because I just heard an interview with him on YouTube and I'm not trying to be a pretentious fuck who's trying to like make up the pronunciation of some guy's name. He's Canadian. He's like French-Canadian. So it's Denis Villeneuve. This guy is a cinematic genius. Okay? He gave us Prisoners with Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal. Fucking amazing movie. If you haven't seen it, rent it. Buy it. It's a good. He gave us Sicario, Benicio Del Toro, and Emily Blunt and Josh Brolin. Fucking suspenseful, completely different kind of movie, and a cinematic masterpiece. I mean, the thing just looks beautiful, it feels gritty, it's just fucking suspenseful, and it gets you right by the goddamn jugular every fucking scene. Uh, it's good, man, it's so good. And they're making a sequel to it, it was so good. Uh, you know, Arrival, I fucking cried my eyes out first 15 minutes. This movie had me at Amy Adams, okay? Her character, her story, her background can't give anything away because it's definitely one of those kind of movies. I can't even tell you what it's really about. There are aliens, and that's all I'm going to say, and it's not your alien movie from yesteryear. It's no Ridley Scott aliens, and it's no fucking Predator vs. aliens, and it sure as hell isn't any kind of fucking, you know, 
women are from Venus and men are from Mars or whatever that Jeff Goldblum one was where they were like cat people, you know, him and Jim Carrey, young Jim Carrey, and they were like having sex or trying to have sex with women. I feel like all those 80s sci-fi movies where aliens are trying to have sex with women or women were from another planet trying to have sex with men, very rapey, you know, and completely disregarded anybody's feelings at the time, you know? Well, I guess like, I guess more people are sensitive now to that kind of thing. And being conscientious is good. But whatever happened to the old weird, creepy, alien, rapey movies? You know? No? Uh, <laughs> Blade Runner 2049. Sci-fi, but it's not your grandpa's sci-fi. Okay? As if anybody's seen the original Blade Runner, they know that this is not a fast-paced, action-packed, you know, high-octane thriller. You know what I'm saying? This is a slow burn, okay? And I'm, I'm, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I've seen the original Blade Runner. I own the original Blade Runner. The director's cut. And I'll tell you, man, it's not one of my favorites. I can appreciate what it did at the time when it came out. And I can appreciate it being ahead of its time in terms of visuals and visual effects and special effects. And, you know, even the storytelling, you know, Philip K. Dick's story aside and what they did with their liberties of of straying from his story. Fine. Whatever. Um, I can appreciate it as a piece of art, but it's not my favorite fucking science fiction movie. It's a slow fucking movie. And it's a goddamn snooze fest. I mean, there's times I've watched that movie, I can't tell you how many times I've fallen asleep where Harrison Ford's just interviewing the chick, you know, and trying to figure out if she's a, 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 a replicant or not, you know. And for those of you who don't know the world of Blade Runner, watch the original, because it'll give you a good bearing, it'll give you good grounding, but you don't need to watch the original to get this one. Uh, there are replicants, there are like cyborgs meant to look like humans, uh, they were older models, and they were all wiped out of existence, or at least hunted down by the original Blade Runners. Well, in the new one... There's a new series of models, yet uh, due to a blackout from an EMP uh, back in 2021, all the records have been you know, destroyed. Everyone's kind of, everything had to be reset. Some people have moved off world. Some people are still on the planet uh, and everything's kind of a mess. And they're still having to hunt down a lot of these. Uh, I think they're the NS8s, the, the mid-level ones uh, that were the newer ones in the Harrison Ford movie, which was set in like 2019. So this movie in 2049 is set literally 30 years after the last one. Uh, in our time and in their time. Yeah? Clever. So, Kay, played by Ryan Gosling, has to hunt down uh, these remaining, you know, eight models. Uh, he's tasked with doing this by his boss, Madam. Um, I don't really think they ever say her name. He just calls her Madam. Played by Robin Wright with her slick back hair, saying, I'm wearing a trench coat with slick back hair, and I'm in a sci-fi movie. But she's great. Uh, Ryan Gosling is amazing in this. He's always fantastic at playing a guy with this quiet intensity who at any second could just beat your fucking face in and yet turn to you at the same time with a little half smile and like those doe eyes and say, no, I'm an innocent young boy who's about to beat your fucking face in. Basically, they they find out that the replicants have been able to procreate and um, the new uh, Tyrell, it's Tyrell Corporation in the... Uh, in the original, the new Tyrell, Mr. Wallace, played by Jared Leto, who's a blind man who didn't really quite figure out why he had to be blind, but he's a blind man who has a lot of money and who has made these new replicants. Uh, he's determined to find uh, the, the natural birth, the natural birth replicant, and hunt it down. And I don't know if he's really trying to destroy it right away. I think he just wants to find out how it all happened at first. Um, but they, they're kind of behind the whole thing, and uh, they even get out of Kay's way when he's on his pursuit. Um, and that's really all I'm going to tell you because I don't want to spoil the movie. It just came out. I don't want to give any more spoilers than that. But I will say that the feel of it and the scope of it 
and all the fucking visuals in this movie are amazing and a must-see in a theater. This movie is movie theater good for sure. You don't have to call out of work, but definitely see it in the theater. But definitely put some time aside, because it's, it's a slow burn, too. I mean, it's, it's a lot. There's a lot of good action scenes. There's a lot of great moments between him and Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford is back for this movie, um, playing, playing Decker, reprising the role of Decker. And by the way, when they meet for the first time, there are some great fucking dialogue scenes with them. Uh, one in particular, there's a scene where they're in, uh, where Decker's hiding out. There's like an old casino and like a Las Vegas setup with like holographic uh, Elvis singing, but it keeps cutting out because the thing's like older than death and it hasn't been turned on probably in like, you know, decades. Um, and they're kind of sparring it out, like duking it out while, you know, Decker's trying to like determine why the fuck Kay's looking for him and Kay just wants to find out question, find out some answers and Decker's not having it. Um, and that whole scene in itself is just, that's worth the price of admission alone. Yeah, but overall, the feel of it, the tone of it, uh, just magnificent. I loved it. It's the kind of movie that you definitely need to at least see once. And I might even buy the thing on Blu-ray, you know, because it would just be really cool to just be able to turn that on the big screen and just sit back in the recliner and put it on surround sound. I really enjoyed the sound editing and the sound mixing in this. Um, just the, you know, and the cars, you know, the flying cars and all that shit. So cool. And he's got a holographic girlfriend, too, named Joy. I mean, that's badass, too. I forgot her name, uh, the actress that plays her, but she was really good, too. Um, just everybody was good. Uh, even Dave Bautista is in this movie for a little bit. He's got a little scene. And he nailed it. He killed it. And anybody that ever said that he couldn't fucking act, by the way, should seriously just return that dick right back in their mouth and realize they were wrong from the very beginning because... I mean, he's great in Guardians, and he fucking, he does a turn in this one. He's, he's going to surprise you. Uh, but yeah, Jared Leto, I could take him or leave him, but I can't hate. And I can't hate because of Dallas Buyers Club, okay? So he might look like a schmuck in real life, and when he goes on Fallon, and he's wearing that weird jacket, and he's being all weird and jittery and trying to be funny, and he's not funny, and his jokes aren't landing. Yeah, he's kind of douchey, you know? But so was Colin Farrell in the 90s, and he did, and he had to come back, and he's considered a serious actor now, you know? I think everybody, all those guys come out and they're a little eccentric and weird and shit, you know? Especially because he's in a band, too, you know? And it's 30 seconds from Mars, you know? But he's got a killer voice. He's got some pipes. You can't take that away from him. You know what I'm saying? He's got pipes, man. He's got notes that I don't have, you know? And he's also in a band that makes a lot of money and they tour internationally. There's that, too. Oh, yeah, and he's an Academy Award winning actor. <sighs> but, yeah, Blade Runner 2049 is movie theater good. And that's my assessment. So I just wanted to talk about some of that stuff while we were, you know, taking a little break between movies, taking a little break between shows. The next time you hear from me, I'm going to be sitting down with Mr. James Shuler himself talking about The Flash, the CW Flash, some Grant Gustin, some some fucking, you know, Candace Patton. You know what I mean? Hmm? Yeah. Maybe some Tam Cavanaugh. You know, we're going to be talking about the Flash show itself, but we're also going to be specifically talking and addressing the newest season, uh, season four, and the last episode that just aired the other night, the first episode that just aired the other night, getting into that and kind of where it's going. And we're going to talk about the Flash, the comic book character himself, because Mr. Schuler is a huge Flash fan, kind of the comics now, where they're going, some Red Death action. 
Uh, and we're going to talk about the Justice League trailer. You know, and I, I didn't talk about it on this episode because we're going to we're going to get into that on the next episode. We're going to flesh it out. We're going to feel it out. Just two dudes holding hands, you know, opening drawers and closing drawers, spinning vinyls and taking them out of their sleeves and putting them back in and spinning them again. You know, plugging in the speakers and unplugging the speakers, turning the volume up and then turning it down ever so slightly for a song we didn't like to hear. And we just told everybody it was one of those songs that faded away at the end. If there's anything we've said on this podcast, anything that I've said that's caused you to be like, hmm, I don't like the show, or I don't know if I want to subscribe, or maybe go out into the woods and be a Wiccan, anything at all, just remember, at the end of the day, don't take us seriously, because it's just fiction. Don't take us seriously. Thanks for listening.